It's Dimitri calling again, the guy from the street. I left you a message several days ago. I don't like leaving second messages, but I like you. You're a very elegant woman. You're very attractive, but I don't play that game. So here's how it's going to work. If I do not receive a phone call back from you by 3 o'clock Thursday afternoon, I'm no longer interested. I'm very intelligent. I'm great in bed. I make great money. Believe it or not, I'm a complete catch. Matter of fact, I'm one of the few men in the city that has nothing wrong with him. Now, I understand if you've got other issues. I don't know, maybe you were abused in childhood. Maybe you're just a person who's extremely frightened or has, um, has an anxiety disorder. Maybe you're on uh, some medication for that. I don't know. There could be another issue. But if you're psychologically normal and you haven't called me because there's been some horrible thing that's happened in your life which prevented you, that's fine. Otherwise... Welcome to another episode of Cut the Foreplay. My name is Annie Favier. I'm your host for this and every other episode until the internet goes away. So it was Valentine's Day uh, about a week ago and truly one of the oddest holidays uh, on this earth. Nobody feels safe during that day. It's like a weird uh, elimination process in a dating show. If you're single, you feel like shit. If you're in a relationship, you're wondering if you're doing enough for your partner. For me personally, I just feel like there's too much weight on one day. I'm also really awful at gift giving. It's not something that comes naturally to me. And here's the worst part. I realized with age why I don't like gift giving because it means gift receiving hear me out my big fear with gift receiving is that if somebody gives me the gift I won't be able to properly convey how excited I am in turn they're gonna feel sad about it and then the whole time I'm anxious so even if you're giving me the best gift of my life most of the time I'm just absolutely schwitzing you're like oh my god Nadia's just so excited and super moist look at her pants that's sweat I'm sweating because I'm so fucking anxious <laughs> And I thought I was the only one until I spoke to some of my family members and they were like, holy lord, we feel exactly the same way. So maybe family therapy would do us real good. So it was V-Day, the day for vulva, vaginas. Reminds me the other day, somebody told me that Vidole Zainab is a dessert. And uh, even before she, she turned to me and she goes, have you heard of Vidole Zainab? And I went, oh, is that, I was like, is that lesbian porn <laughs> and if it isn't i'm gonna start an only fans called vidona zainab me being zainab in this situation zainabu so it was v-day the other day and um uh, it got me thinking Truly, where is the most romantic place on earth? And a lot of people think it's Rome or Paris or blah, blah, blah. It's not true. It's Mombasa. It's my hometown. The origin of Vidolevia Zainab. And here's why. Many moons ago, I saw the most romantic thing that I've ever seen in the entirety of my life. And everything that I've pursued romantically after that has been shaped by that moment. I once saw a woman eat Badia straight from the karai. It was so piping hot that she was going, hasha, hasha, hasha. You know, and you have to hasha, hasha. So she was hasha, hashaing, and her significant other had to blow into her mouth 
So the mixture of chatini and badia didn't burn the roof of this woman's mouth. How much do you have to love somebody to puliza into their mouth? This first story reminds me why I absolutely never want to marry a man. Well, at least not a straight man. A mother has received sympathy after dealing with a stressful traveling dilemma while flying with her husband and toddler. The family was booked on a 14-hour flight. However, they would not be sitting all together with the woman's husband in upgraded seats after he made the flight arrangements. Now, she's wondering if she's wrong for being annoyed with him for not booking seats all together so that he could obviously assist her with their toddler. The man booked his seat in business class and booked his wife and son in the cheapest section of economy. <laughs> not even like a regular economy seat. It's like that seat in Soul Plane where they're like caviar, caviar, caviar in first class and then they, they pan over to economy and it's like, hey, take one piece of chicken and pass it back. Don't be greedy. Sharing her story with the UK-based uh, parenting forum Momsnet. I'm like, I'm gonna go join that. I don't have any kids, but would love to pick up a MILF. The mother explained her frustrating situation. I'd be like, oh, you're so frustrated. Come, let me release your tension. <laughs> he doesn't deserve you. This is me typing. Apparently. I'd be like, you have seven smiles. <laughs> oh, he didn't take out the trash? Well, I'm just a girl standing in front of a MILF asking her to sit on my face. I would, I would smash on the site. Okay. <clears throat> on my to-do list. She began the now-deleted post by revealing that her husband travels for work and asked his wife and two-year-old son to join him on one of his week-long trips. The woman agreed on one condition, I only agreed to go if my son and I flew premium economy as it's a long way. I'll be on my own with a toddler whilst my husband is in business class, apparently because work paid for his ticket. The man assured his wife that he had taken care of their premium economy seating arrangements using his travel points. Although six weeks later, the woman discovered that her husband had not upgraded her and their son to the upgraded seats. Quote, I discovered he lied and basically booked the cheapest economy tickets available. No seat reservation option, upgrade option. So she called the airline in hopes of getting the upgrade seats. Her husband promised but was told that the premium economy section was fully booked on the departing flight and on the way home the seats would cost an additional $2,000. Still, she assumed that when she checked in online, she would be able to choose seats for herself and her son and secure them a window seat to make flying with the small child easier. But guess what? She found out they were only able to check in on arrival at the airport and wound up aisle and middle seats. 14 hours with a toddler. The most most I've flown with a toddler was 45 minutes, and to be fair, my sister's kids are quite well behaved, but uh, I flew five hours once to India with my niece, who was maybe five at the time. Literally, after, every time I try to fall asleep, my niece would be like, I gotta take a shit. And I'm like, how? You didn't eat anything. Why are you doing this to me? I hate public washrooms so much. But a toddler. My best friend recently flew back to Australia and it's like 70,000 hours. And it was a baby, not even a toddler. A five-month-old baby. Honestly, she deserves a fucking award. Or she deserves to be on that mom group. Having strangers asking her if she wants to sit on their face. That should be everybody's gift in this world. That's the kind of gift giving I never get anxious about, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, where is the lie, Haram? 
She admitted that she went nuts <laughs> on her husband and called him a selfish prick for not booking the premium economy seats uh, that she had asked for in the first place. She also believed that it was unfair that her husband would be enjoying the luxuries of business class while she had to take care of their son on the entire 14-hour flight. This is... <sighs> It's really tough for me to sit here and try to think about his perspective because in my limited understanding of relationships and marriage, all the ones that I've seen in heterosexual relationships minus um, a few, I've noticed that the entirety of the relationship centers around men and men's pleasure and men's ease and convenience. And it makes sense for me that he would promise something and not deliver and then not trying to change the situation even while in it. If my partner had to take care of our child for 14 hours on their own, I would lose my shit. I'd be like, I'm the worst person on this earth. I'd be like, let's switch seats. If I promised you something and didn't deliver, I will do it instead. I'll sit in economy and take care of the kid. You get your first class seats. I'm sorry, I f fucked this up. This one's on me. But I don't know what it is about the way men are built. There's just no remorse, no fucks are given. He's like, brah. Sorry about that. And just sitting there manspreading in business class. <laughs> I think you caught me on such a good a good day because like number one, this episode's about love and number two, I am like heavily PMSing. So everything irritates me. Top of the list is men. What would I do if I was in the situation of this woman? I guess I, I have dated a lot of boys in my life. I've dated a lot of men in my life and I think it's like a personality thing. I don't think all men are like that to be honest because the men that I have picked in my past are super kind, considerate, and anticipate each other's needs. That's so all you gotta do is you gotta date a Virgo. I'm gonna tell you this, one time I dated a man who was a Virgo and I've never seen such profound reciprocation in my existence. It was constant watering. Oof, oof. That's, that's us watering each other. And that is also a euphemism because he was absolutely delicious and I was always a slip and slide. I cook dinner, you do the dishes. I book the Airbnb, you book the flights, we're both flying business. Nobody's moaning during 69 to avoid doing their part. So my advice to you is just date Virgos. Man or woman, we are just genuinely the best. A little bit too firm on most of our stances and we're overly meticulous to the point where it's unsettling, but we will soft top you until the cows come home. Me on the MILF group. Waiting for your husband is like waiting for rain in this drought. Useless and disappointing. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Vivian is it? I just, wow. I, the words, they're not forming. Vivian. Known on TikTok as your rich BFF first went viral in 2021 with a clip in which she bragged that she went on six dates a week to do what? Well, <laughs> to avoid paying for groceries. The other day I spoke to somebody and they told me that they were going on a date with somebody that they didn't really like because they didn't feel like buying their own dinner that day. And I might be a naive piece of shit, but that's, you know, that's, I don't know any, sometimes I feel like I don't know anything because in my head I exist the way that I am and sometimes I forget that other people feel differently, you know? I don't have that much energy to waste on other people. Like if something isn't funny, I won't laugh. If something isn't amusing, I won't ask questions. I'm just like, 
show me who you are as a person. If I don't want it, I don't want it, and that's it. But some people are like, I don't really mind. Like if the company's shit, but like I get a good meal out of it, I feel content and go on with your bad self, you know? Like, I guess to be fair, like escorts and um, uh, people who have this void where they need friendship and hire other people kind of go through the same thing. Cause if you don't like the other person that much and they're paying you to sit with them and chat with them, you're still, it's, I guess it's transactional at the end of the day. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense in my, in my mind. Between 2016 and 2018, I didn't buy groceries once. Oh my God, mashallah. She probably saved about $150 a week and she captioned the post in which she mouthed along to Lana Del Rey's Jealous Girl while on the beach. I am dead. Lana Del Rey would be her queen. Now in a new interview with Elite Daily TikTok superstar, Vivian admitted to her 2.3 million followers that she jokingly made the controversial video and she didn't start going on dates just for food. However, she really did notice an ease with her finances while looking for love. Now this makes me feel really bad. She further explained uh, that while she was making $95,000 a year, her living expenses were very high. Living in Hell's Kitchen, Vivian said it wasn't the easiest uh, to find affordable groceries nearby. The market closest to my apartment was incredibly expensive, so I never felt comfortable shopping there. Instead, I would haul my butt on the subway 15 blocks to Trader Joe's and grab all that I could carry. This is very American. Everything about this is very American. I just recently got my American visa and I don't want to talk shit about uh, the country, but like, I'm just wondering what kind of, how can you feel pride belonging to a country where your people can't afford groceries to the point where you've driven Vivian, our person of color queen to go on dates with mediocre white men six days a week. That is the real tragedy of the US. If you're feeling, uh, <laughs> well, if you don't know what you're feeling, much like me, uh, the internet had some responses. Somebody said, work smarter, not harder. Live your best, Vivian. We've got somebody saying, finesse the bag. Uh, somebody else hated on her and said, that's toxic femininity. Vivian shot back and immediately said, I was busy investing my money since I wasn't spending it on food. The perspective that one person had given me was like, you know what, fuck men, they're dumb and they put a, women through a lot of shit. So getting a couple of free drinks, there's nothing wrong with that. And I can't shit on somebody for doing that. I just don't have it in me to do it myself. I'm like a mouthy little cunt for sure, but there's something about like deceiving somebody or mistreating somebody in whatever way that makes me feel deeply unsettled. Anyway, please, somebody just give me your thoughts on this situation. I've just been going around in circles in my head, but uh, to wrap up, I think it's uh, because I believe in karma and I just don't want to come back in my next life as a man who's done something wrong to my wife and child. So my wife is on a platform called MILF Moms where she's secretly meeting up with some curly haired brown woman and getting her back blown out. It's looking like team TikTok here because another woman on TikTok revealed that after she found out that her boyfriend had cheated on her twice, she dropped all of his college classes and messed with his bank accounts to cause overdraft fees. I actually know a story like this that happened at my university. Let's start with this one. In the video, uh, which she has deleted since, stitched her 50 second clip to respond to another user who had shared a tip for a non-lethal way to mess with somebody's life. 
The video got over a million views. She explained that her boyfriend had already cheated on her once, but she decided to take him back about a year later. She unexpectedly stopped by his apartment to get some things, and she realized he was cheating on her again. He had plastered his space with pictures of another girl and had a scrapbook made by her. Damn, a scrapbook. <laughs> That's like next level tacky. You're you're gonna cheat on me and be tacky at the same time. Also, present day, you're gonna have to go somewhere and physically get those pictures printed. That's a lot of effort. Quote, obviously I got there a little too early, so I had all of his passwords to everything and I dropped all of his college classes and transferred all of his money from his checking account to his savings account. So he had overdrafted a shit ton. Although she may have felt justified at the time, she told the Post that she does have some regrets about her ruse. I'm pretty bummed about the whole thing, definitely was just reminiscing or something silly. I did 12 years ago and did not expect it to go viral and certainly did not expect some people's reactions. I probably wouldn't admit to bank fraud on the internet, someone might take it as a confession. Another agreed writing, if that was me, you'd have a lawsuit on your hands. <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, my, I love, uh, coming from a family of lawyers, I love to threaten to sue for everything. It really feels good. Not that I'm going to do it, but it really feels good to say it. Oh my god, this is the best part about the internet. Once one story comes out, everybody else is like, oh, you think you're fu <laughs> fucked up. Take a look at my shit. Uh, somebody said that when my ex cheated on me, I started sleeping with the CEO of his company just to emasculate him. I door dashed uh, $300 worth of food to my house over the course of a few months from my ex's card after he got somebody else pregnant. Woo! This next story is just as uh, shocking. I'm gonna tell you that I have had over three weeks to sit with it and it was actually the OG reason that I decided I have to do a love episode other than the kasha kasha. And here's how it goes. A uh, 22-year-old Bangladeshi woman swam across the border to marry her boyfriend from India. She braved the wild forests, swam for an hour, and entered India to unite with the love of her life. Krishna Mandal met Abhik Mandal on Facebook and fell in love. As Krishna did not have a passport, she chose to cross the border illegally. I would guess that would be the case, unless she wore a waterproof fanny pack with her Indian passport that she attained legally from marrying him and then decided, well, I'm not going to take a flight or a train or a car or a bike. I'm going to swim there. <laughs> According to police sources, Krishna first entered the forest, which is known for its royal Bengal tiger. Uh, she then swam for about an hour in the river to reach her destination. Three days ago, Krishna got married to a bik. However, she was arrested on Monday for illegally entering the country. Now, this is where it gets very interesting because earlier this year, a Bangladeshi teen swam across the border to buy chocolates from India, a different one. Iman Hussein swam across the small river and crossed the border into India through a gap in a fence to get his favorite chocolate bar. The teen was handed over to the local police after which he was produced before the court. He was then remanded 15 days in judicial custody. I... <laughs> Initially, I was like, she's so young. She doesn't know what she's doing. That whole thing. But then at the same time, I was like, life is short. She's 22 years old. She met somebody, talked to him for forever. They became friends. They became lovers. They became partners. And she was like, fuck this. I'm going to marry this guy. And I'm going to do it by hook or by crook. He will sign my autograph book. 
And she did it. And nothing I love more than a driven woman. I'm going to make a I really wanted to make a joke about her doing all of that only for them on their wedding nights to have this moment where he can't find her clip. But I'm not gonna make that joke because I've already bashed on men enough in this episode. Men, I love you. It's just hard not to make fun of you, you know? <laughs> so Krishna inspired uh, a majority of this episode, which is why I reached out to a bunch of my friends and people that I love and respect and am extremely sexually attracted to and asked them to tell you stories about how they've done absurd shit in their romantic lives. Take it away. absurd things that we do for love oh my god there are so so many to pick from but i'm gonna pick the most recent one which was me deciding to reenact the card scene from love actually you know the one where he's like tell them it's carol zingers and it's him with some huge cards kira knightley's at the door wearing some little woolly jumper and i was gonna do that but instead of going to her house she was actually staying at my house so i was gonna take out the bins and then forget my keys forget my keys, ring the doorbell and be there with the cards and some kind of stereo playing in the background. <laughs> and um, on the cards, he says, next year, I'll be with one of these women, hopefully. And it's like loads of pictures of supermodels. Well, mine was just going to have, next year, I'll hopefully be one with one of these women. And it was just different pictures of her <laughs> different times in the year. Um, my friends talked me out of that one. They refused to help me. And they told me that it was the creepiest idea I'd ever come up with. Uh, the night before, I actually decided not to do it. I did tell her about the idea. I didn't win her back. Um, but you know what? I'm ready to pull out that move again. So ladies, watch out. When I first noticed her, I think I was about 11. Fast forward, I am 19, she is 18, and then we find ourselves, you know, as not high schoolers anymore, and we're out there, and then I'd see her walking on the streets at night, I'd be like, hey, and then one time, she just comes up to me, and she's just like, hey. So we talked every now and then, we'd see each other, then one time I was like, yo, can I come over to your house? I'll see you. She's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Then she says, come on Friday uh, at 3 p.m. And I was like, hmm, super specific. I like it. So I go to her house Friday, 3 p.m. Her parents, obviously, at work. Her brother, not there. When? And then I get into the house and she's like, oh, thanks for coming. So I need a little bit of your help. I need you to help me undo my hair. She had braids and she had a lot. She had a lot of braids, like a whole lot of braids. And I sat down, I was like, okay, let's start doing this. 3 p.m. is when I showed up. Midnight is when I left. One of the best Fridays of my life, to be honest. I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was random as hell, but, um, but it was cool. 
I guess it only sucks that I never saw her after that day. One time I had a crush on a guy in middle school. He was, I guess, two grades above me, so maybe three years older than me or something. And allegedly he was reading War and Peace. So I too allegedly read War and Peace, tried to have a texting conversation about a dense book I knew nothing about in order to try and impress this guy. Uh, needless to say, he was not impressed and he never became my boyfriend. Right, Nance, as you know, I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic and it started when I was quite young. So when I was at school, I was about 14. There was this skater girl called Sally Penny. And one day, Sally dyed her hair pink. So in a desperate attempt to get her attention, I thought it'd be cute to start calling her Captain Pinky. Um, it got absolutely zero traction. She had no interest. Um, so when that didn't work, and obviously being the pathetic worm of a human being that I am, I thought the best thing that I could do is to dye my hair pink as well. Um, I then tried to give myself the nickname Sidekick Rick, uh, to go with her new nickname that I tried to give her as Captain Pinky. So the absurd thing that I've done for love is unprompted, dyed my hair magenta pink and tried to call myself Sidekick Rick. Um, a fun fact is that at nearly 37 years old, I still have Sidekick Rick as my Spotify username um, and for my online pension. So Sally Penny, um, if you're listening and you're out there, um, hit me up. It's not too late. <laughs>